Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Cosmographia. This is season two, and we have got uh, Hari Kumar Krishnamurti, better known by his pen name K Hari Kumar, for our interview tonight. And uh, K H K, as I call him, is an Indian novelist and screenwriter. So he's got the tastes of both uh, South and North, since he was born in Kochi and brought up in the suburbs of Gurgaon, as Wikipedia says it. He has written, you know, various acclaimed novels like uh, When Strangers Met in 2013, followed by the That Frequent Visitor in 2015, A Game of Gods in 2016, The Other Side of Her in 2018, and finally, you know, uh, the book called India's Most Haunted, probably his most uh, famous work in 2019 uh, from HarperCollins India. So he's also written uh, the story and the screenplay for Eve, which is a Malayalam movie, and the Um, Hindi language uh, psychological horror web series Bram, which was widely acclaimed by critics and received appraisals from around the globe for the storyline. So, hi KHK, welcome to Cosmographia podcast interview tonight. It's a real pleasure to have you here. It's it's absolutely amazing to be on Cosmographia. Thank you for having me here. Sure. Uh, so, uh, I just you know like to directly jump into. the first question that i'm having up in my mind so uh, you've got the title of uh, india's most acclaimed horror writer as i just uh, you know saw from some uh, you know press and, and media interviews uh, who who've uh, titled you as such so that's quite the title you know an author lures for to be one of the uh, greatest writers in his genre in the genre that you are writing uh, at present so you are one of the topmost writers in horror so can you tell us a bit about how you first started writing and uh, why you think you were best befit in the horror fiction genre so the history uh, person wants to know the history of my writing career right 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 uh, <laughs> good so still there are, there are two things here uh, how did i first start writing yeah okay so that part of the question you know when i was a kid i couldn't read any language till i was about 7 i had some issues because uh, my father had a transferable job so i was never i mean i was there in kerala for 3 months i would start you know uh, start learning malayalam in school and the moment i am just getting comfortable with the al- alphabets he'll get another transfer and he'll he went to uh, he would go to karnataka from there to maharashtra so i could never learn any language in school you know like other kids usually get to learn okay. so i had a i had an issue i couldn't read any languages till i was about 7 it's after that when i you know started uh, learn, uh, you know picking up hindi and english and like that so my mother used to read me stories you know from a children's magazine uh, there was a malayalam magazine called balarama and my mother used to read stories from those magazines hmm. and i used to be fascinated by the stories and even more fascinated by the writers who were writing those stories hmm. so eventually i started reading books you know uh, after i think i was 10 or something is when i could actually read properly read sentences and paragraphs and all i mean other than the academic ones so i started reading arthur conan doyle's uh, sherlock holmes and uh, then uh, roald dahl's books and again i was getting fascinated and this time i was fascinated by the book's page count and the titles on the spine you know yeah i like to you know stack the books you know on on the shelf and i i would, i i'd spend hours just looking at the spines hmm. and i would you know i i i started wishing that i could uh, ha- also have my name engraved on the spine of a book but then for that i had to write a book right okay yeah so so of course initially i was trying to write detective stories you know 
you know i was so inspired by sherlock holmes i was writing detective stories and i should have been a bengali by the way because in in english and all i mean you you don't have you have a culture of for detective stories in uh, bengal right right Peluga you know better Bonkesh. than me yeah pelude peluda bonkesh and all bonkesh, yeah. there's a joy in you know saying joy baba pelunath you know so ah. so baba pelunath yeah. film actually yeah by satyajit ray correct correct yeah yeah so uh, by the time i was your age i was writing poems for my school crushes hmm. and then in my uh, 12th i read the davin she code by dan brown okay. and that is the moment when i actually decided no i want to write hmm. so the fascinate fascination started from listening to stories to looking at the spines of books and then eventually after reading that full fledged novel i decided that i will start writing yeah so that is the i think that answer the first part of your question how did i start writing yeah right right and for the second part part why horror yeah so uh like you already know now i grew up in the 90s okay hmm. there was no youtube there was no uh, mobile or anything we had television and we didn't even have cable <laughs> at our home i i used to sneak in you know my into my neighbor's apartment and watch uh, cartoons and all and we only had two or three channels back then okay okay yeah. so i was i i was feasting on scooby doo cartoons if you have heard of scooby doo you yeah, must sure. have yeah sure since I you have. are a history buff you must have otherwise scooby doo is history now to yeah, be honest right right more kids these days don't know about scooby doo hmm. but uh, when we were growing up scooby doo was introduced into the country yeah, uh, through cartoon network I think it was introduced in you know the 60s maybe you know 69 to 70 No no that that was in the Americas I mean okay. in, in the western countries in India you oh. didn't have those channels right Ha huh, ha huh, right In India right. Cartoon Network I think uh, Cartoon Network was started in 1996 Because it came much And later. that's when we go Yes it came much later and they yeah. were airing the episodes from the 60s Ha huh. Yeah. right like right. you had all those popeye uh, uh, this thing popeye shows there you got mm-hmm. you had scooby doos so scooby doo was my favorite because it, it was all about ghosts and everything i was reading ghost bumps you know rl sense uh, uh, books and then there there, there were these periodicals like chanda mama okay chanda mama i think it's discontinued now but uh, when i was growing up chanda mama was very very popular it was as popular as champak you know okay and uh, and there were stories about uh, you know vikram and vetal and huh. other folklore right. and all those stuff so all those hair raising stuff were there and i i used to love those okay hmm. and i was also brought up in delhi like you mentioned and every year i visited my grandparents in rural kerala and uh, when i when i went there it was a complete uh, uh, switch you know from a metropolitan city to a rural uh, you know landscape exactly and yeah. my grandmother yeah the grand my my, my grandmother used to uh, narrate me stories of pratas and yakshis and all those things and and i was i used to feel so excited to explore about all these things but i used to be so afraid i wouldn't do that but then <laughs> that is how i started venturing into horror okay. again it was fascination okay yeah. and eventually as i grew up certain things happened in my life you know when i was 20 three i had some illnesses and uh, that is the moment when i started uh, you know questioning uh, life and existence and death you know what okay. happens after death and why are we here so all these ex- escapist uh, fascinations also draws me towards horror hmm 
so it's I not just it. one thing it's it's everything that has happened in life which has kind of you know uh, pushed me towards uh, horror right or rather right. you can say horror was pulling me ha huh. so uh, one more thing from here you know drawing this out of question one as well mm. so your last book was india's most haunted it is a very popular work right. actually and it has got 50 horror short stories together which are based in you know different locations of, around the country correct so uh, now correct. Uh, if i if i guess that correctly so you were born up uh, both in kochi and in gurgaon so you have got both the ambiances of you know north and south india how did that right. affect your writing okay i had a very uh, unique upbringing i not just uh, north and south i also have a lot of east ka connection because when i was in gurgaon huh. when i was brought, uh, when I, i stayed in gurgaon from uh, from the age of 8 uh, till i was like 24 okay okay uh, all my neighbors were bengalis all my playmates were bengalis so yeah and you know how bengalis are they huh. completely preserve their culture even when they are away from home so all those hmm. cassettes and books of hmm. uh, tagore So yeah, so I have a blend of north, south, and east. To be honest. Okay, Bengal. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that is it. So I just wanted to know, like, uh, how, you know, this. Uh, you were saying that you have all these blend of north, south, and east culture. Uh, you you know mm, how these mm. cultures work. So how did that affect your style of writing, especially talking about your last work? I mean, the book where you've got fifty uh, short stories combined from across different parts of India. I was born in Kerala. then i was uh, brought up in gurgaon and you know it was a multicultural environment there was bengalis there was uh, there were gujaratis there were punjabis um, jats so different cultures were there and you know i had an exposure uh, you know early on in life i was exposed to all those cultures so it kind of helped me differentiate uh, between the different cultures so when i write i'm not just writing one generalized story you know hmm. like if you watch any uh, hindi movie for example they have this caricature caricaturist portrayal of bengalis okay caricaturist uh, portrayal of south indians as madrasis you know the kind of things that writers do generally hmm. because they don't know about the other others culture but hmm. since i have been brought up in such a you know i was exposed to such uh, different cultures i know what is their individual culture so my characters are not caricaturist right i think that is how it it has helped me a lot as a writer and if you read india's most haunted hmm. uh, every story is from i mean there are 50 stories and i think i have covered almost every state uh, indian state and union territory in the book but when you read it you won't hmm. find that the characters are you know very gender generic hmm. if it's a bengali he will be a bengali if it's a malayali she will be a proper malayali right you know it won't yeah. be like you can you know inter- you use the culture interchange so it's not a kind of you know imaginary character matlab you have just given the real characteristics of the particular cultural background into the character culture. that is correct created. correct yeah okay see there so, are two things the, na- the nature nature versus nurture is a very ancient argument so yeah i mean character depending on where she is from or where she is brought up she will have those characteristics so like in my next book i've got my protagonist she is uh a mumbai girl who was raised in delhi mm. okay and now she comes back to mumbai mm. but despite being from a marathi family she is still a delhi wali girl because she was brought up in delhi mm. right so right. that is the kind of uh, nuances that i uh, look after because mm. i can differentiate between different cultures correctly mm. 
uh, thank you for this uh, answer. You know, it was uh, really insightful to me as well. Uh, how to, you know, um, characterize your character properly in, when you're writing a fictional novel and Fiction, how to, yeah, yeah <laughs> and how to, you know, make it appear realistic to people belonging to that particular cultural background. Anyways, moving on to the next question, I'll right. be extremely honest with you. Uh, you know, so hmm. I'm one real uh, phasmophobic uh, guy and I'm never really interested about venturing around uh, desecrated tombstones or medieval fortress ramparts, especially when that has a horror connection to it, like the one at uh, Bhangar or Golconda. But uh, as someone belonging to the art and culture background, I do have to uh, visit these places of heritage often. So though I try my best, uh, you know, to keep a safe distance from these so-called haunted sites, Anyways, uh, so do you, as a horror writer, feel that it's important to visit these ruins while composing a storyline or plot? Uh, you know, when I was a kid, I was a bit like Scooby and Shaggy, you know, from the from the show. Okay. Uh, I wanted to watch horror movies. I wanted to visit haunted places. I wanted to listen to horror stories, but I wouldn't do that because I easily got scared. Okay. Uh, yeah. But I mean, I, I was, uh, like you said, uh, phasmophobic, but now it is completely opposite. I, I'm rather, you know, phasmophilic. I'm attracted, attracted to all these, uh, uh, you know, things. I love visiting haunted places because the loneliness, the sense of abandonment, the existential mm. dread, etc. It gives me an inspiration to write horror. Okay. So if I go to a haunted place, I might get an inspiration to write something around the you know history of the place hmm. and for as for your question no you don't have you don't always have to visit a haunted place to write about it like india's most haunted there are 50 haunted places i haven't visited all the 50 places i visited like 20 25 places from the book other places i've only heard it from other people okay i, I must have read it in in the news like there's a story about uh, the about uh, 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 suicide house in in uh, in delhi i I've only read about it. I've never visited the place. But then reading it gave me the inspiration to write a story. Hmm. So always you don't have to, you know, visit those haunted places. Sometimes you can use your imagination. Like I am writing a story about a fictitious Haveli right now. Okay. Huh. And for now, that's, that Haveli only exists in the sandy grounds of my mind. It's not there, you know, anywhere in Rajasthan. It's just in my mind. Right. Right. Yeah. So you need to have that imagination as well. So while writing a screenplay, especially while you're writing a screenplay, we don't go to the location first and do the research and uh, you know then start writing our story. For a fictitious story, we first write the story, then we look for the uh, location. Hmm. You right. get me what I'm saying? Yes, so it's not mandatory to well, visit like I, places. No, it's not. You should have an idea though. I yeah. mean, we use exp uh, we use things from our past experience or from the experience of the watching on, it on television. Correct. So we visualize it mm. and then we write it. Especially when it's fiction. Okay. For a documentary, you need to go to a place and then you have to, you know, investigate and then you have to come out with the final product. Right. Uh, right. Like for yeah. a true account, you have to go to the place. You have to live there. You have to, you know, talk to people and then you have to write it. But when it comes to creative fiction or fiction, Hmm. Uh, sorry, creative non-fiction or fiction, then you have the liberty to write it first, visualize it properly, and then going to the location. Hmm. You know, for that's how we screenwriters work. We write our story first and then go to the location. And sometimes we find locations that suit our needs. Hmm. Right. Right. And then we work on the screenplay, the geography of the scenes and everything. And I do that for my books as well. 
so uh so when you are visiting a haunted place uh, you know like uh, bhangar or the beach house in hyderabad hmm. uh you are going there with a preconceived notion that it is haunted hmm yes right you you have heard that information is there in your head it's been fed that knowledge hmm. ki this place is haunted hmm. so when you arrive at the secluded or abandoned place your mind has already fallen into the loop hmm so a person with a weak mind may even start hearing and seeing things that are not there so whenever you are going to visit a haunted place like mm-hmm. you feel like you know i want to write a horror story but i need an inspiration you decide to visit a haunted place right okay so if you're going there make sure that you go there with a very strong mind hmm Or, these are the precautions that you should take yeah hallucinations might occur the first precaution see hallucinations occurs because you know like uh, there are places where the air levels drop huh. right and the moment the air levels drop you will start uh, start getting hallucinations hmm. so you have to take that precaution you have to have a very strong mind when you are visiting a, an abandoned place or a haunted place because you will keep getting all these things in your mind hmm. so like if you are visiting bhangarh your your head is filled with so many stories about bhangarh hmm. folklore the local people right. yeah stories but local, local people the folklore yeah. correct all those things will fill your head so you are already going there with the idea with the notion that this place is haunted hmm. imagine if you are going to a place and you ne- didn't even know the history of the place you are going there and then somebody comes and tells you you know that place was uh, haunted you won't be feeling you know kind of uh, you know care that you must have felt had you gone there with the knowledge that it was haunted right i agree right yeah right so the first thing is that you need to have a very strong mind hmm a weak a person with a weak mind might start seeing ghosts that actually don't exist there yeah it's only in their minds secondly secondly the haunted places especially these haunted havelis and you know uh, forts and all they're so dusty it's important to wear good footwear and masks hmm. uh, since you are a person who deals with history you 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 must have heard about uh, the uh, King Tutankhamun's uh, curse, right? I did. Yes. In Egypt, if you open yeah. the vault, you will uh, you will get the curse. What is the curse? It's simply all the uh, I mean uh, years and years of accumulated dust is the biggest curse. You open it, it will go inside your nose, and you will be coughing and coughing to death. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, I'm right. just t- talking about the practical precautions, right? Hmm. so it's exactly. very important if you're visiting haunted places you need to wear good masks and good footwear there might be snakes around hmm. right and thirdly and this is the most important thing and i always advise this give this advice to everyone uh, who asks me about haunted places if you're going to a haunted place there are chances that it's a hideout for criminals and drug addicts hmm. so if you're going there please keep a cane or a pepper spray handy yeah that is necessary because you you don't know whom you'll encounter there you may not see a ghost but you may see some really bad people hmm. who might even come and attack you take your money take your phone right they linger over exactly there. antisocial yeah. elements correct correct because that's the place where nobody will come and you know catch them so they can do whatever they want hmm all i mean there are, i shouldn't be saying this on uh, you know on, on record but uh, all all over the world this um abandoned forts and uh, haunted places are the hangout places for criminals and drug abusers hmm 
exactly. and most of the stories are also generated by such people so that people uh, normal people don't come there <laughs> they can do their thing yes. uh, you know peacefully uh taking one from uh-huh. there actually uh, i heard about this uh, station hmm. which was uh, in purulia i don't know uh, exactly the name hmm. i cannot remember it right now but there was a station that people hmm. were scared of going there you know uh, because some locals had spread this okay. uh, a rumor you know that uh, there were people hmm. uh, maybe english ghosts over there so ghosts of british people okay. Okay. who were killed okay. during some revolution uh, by the locals and okay. uh, if you go and step up on this station platform you might see uh as they call it mem hmm. sahab mem sahabs roaming around in white cloaks but uh, right. later after right. investigation right. by you know journalists uh, they found out that that's a place hmm. you know for hmm. uh, wanted criminals who uh, use that place to carry on their work i mean the work you know that is not really appreciated by the society or the government as a whole so they do all those things over there hmm. the mischief they commit you know they commit all those mischief over there correct. people correct. do not come near correct. or do not go around that place right so this is how they transformed right. an entire station into a place where you know drug addicts linger around yeah exactly see that is the truth i mean if you look at my, uh, look at the list of precautions the three points that i just made they are all uh against human kind not against the undead hmm. you know like have a strong mind that is in your hands if you have a weak mind you can't help right second right. making or making sure that you wear a mask or you know good fair good food fair right hmm. again that's in your hands third one uh, stay safe from criminals again that's in your hands it's nothing against the ghosts because the ghosts i mean uh, ask me i don't think they're dangerous at all <laughs> right if they are there at all Huh. Hmm. Okay. Uh, so taking on from the earlier question, where we talked about you know the local hmm. folklore and the uh, the the stories right. that have uh, passed on generation after generation uh, and continue right. to have an effect on the people of the area even today. <laughs> so uh, you know there have been instances where these folklore uh, seem to have proved themselves as something because. Uh, there have been mysterious deaths of renovating people at the nahargarh fort and certain similar incidents that have happened in and around other haunted sites like uh, bhangarh and golconda as well so uh, most of these mm. folklores also they are based on you know kings princesses black magicians confined laborers or maybe you know people who have been coerced into some kind of um, extremely hard work to do by their kings or rulers and they revolve around real right. historical characters often so do you think they're true right. even with a little possibility of uh, them being so and why do you think so see uh, folklore na they are stories made up by our ancestors hmm. so that they can make the future generation abstain from doing certain things that are dangerous hmm. so if you look at the ghost stories that our grandmothers narrate the dadi nani stories you know of ghosts and chudels and all chudels, those things right. if you look at the stories those have some moral in them always it comes with a moral hmm. that is why it's told told to kids hmm. so that you can abstain them from <laughs> it's a good way to discipline kids hmm. you know uh, if uh, after sunset you shouldn't uh, go there because there is a chudel basically you are just telling the child not to go outside in the dark hmm. alone hmm hmm right so fear because this is because fear can be used to impose rules on people's minds and it does wonders yeah our marketers the marketing people they do it all the time you know what what do they say on the television 
I mean, constructive evidence. Yeah. Constructive evidence. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so uh, also another mm-hmm. question from this part. I mean, this folklore part. So, you know, in a film, mm-hmm. this uh, Bulbul, this, uh, it was quite popular. And even I saw it. It deals with those uh, Chudel, mm-hmm. like in uh, medieval correct, correct, Bengal. Yeah. Uh, uh, and is based around the Zamindar family that uh, commits atrocities on its uh, wives. So, uh, mm-hmm. talking about the story of uh, Yakshinis or Yakshis as you call them in Kerala, uh, not the yakshis hmm. in the proper Hindu mythological term. So, uh, kare, do you kare, think kare. do you think these are related? I mean, the stories of the Chudel in Bengal and the stories of yakshis in Kerala. So, are these related in any form? I mean, is the common storyline same? It is the same. If you look at all these, see, that's what I said. Pop culture has kind of uh, degraded the actual meanings of these uh, supernatural entities. Hmm. So Chudel, what is a Chudel? Chudel is a girl who was killed before you see, you know she was born. It's a fe- it's a fetus. Hmm. Fetus, right? Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Or it could be a woman who was killed at the time of uh, pregnancy. Hmm. That's what the North Indians believe in. Yes. In Kerala, I mean, uh, the concept of yakshini or yakshi is something, something, something. Uh, very metaphysical. It's basically a celestial being. It's a being who has come from uh, a different loka. Hmm. But in Kerala, if you uh, see the movies that have come out in the last 50 years, the books and the third-rate dramas that have, you know, theater dramas, horror dramas that have been produced in the last 60 years, you will see that the Yakshi is a very simple, malevolent uh, spirit. Hmm. And it's, that is exactly what uh, Bollywood uh, says about Chudels, that they are malevolent spirits. I mean, they are spirits who are there to avenge their deaths. Female mm. spirits. Exactly. And they they are used like an er- erotic symbol of, of sorts. Huh. You know? Right. But the actual Chudel is different. Bulbul, I think, has done justice to the concept. Even Pari, for that matter. It's not a generic story about some uh, malevolent spirit, about an avenging spirit. It's a story of a Pari. Like it's believed in in that part of the world in the uh, in Bangladesh and that that, that area. Hmm. So I think we have lost the actual uh, meaning of these supernatural entities. They have all become very generic today. Right. So the Chudel of today, the Yakshi of today, hmm. the uh, Diane of uh, modern uh, cinema and uh, literature—they're all the same avenging spirit. That's all. They don't have any other dimension to it, to, 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 to themselves. So I think that is where we are losing it. Right, right. Yeah. So we're losing the original right. meaning. We're losing the original meaning. We are yeah. losing the original meaning. Yeah. We are losing the, uh, the original motive behind uh, the creation of such uh, beings. Yeah. Right. As, as far as I know, you know, these Yakshis and Yakshinis, they were originally the gods of the treasures uh, kept uh, on earth by Kuber. So these are mythical characters, hmm. completely mythical characters, as you said, these are, come from a different. They're local. celestial characters. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Correct. So now they have been, you know, completely degraded into some kind of a chudel. Degraded into, yeah, they are just uh, generic. I mean, it's chudel is also generic now. The original concept of chudel is very powerful. Huh. It's a woman who has been killed for being a woman hmm. while she was pregnant or even before she was born. Hmm. That is an actual concept of chudel. Nowadays, yeah, it's just eroticism. Huh. So that's where we are. I mean, there's this. Uh, so there are some very famous uh, horror plays in Malayalam. Hmm. 
and it's just i mean i was amused to watch it i didn't i never watched it live but as a kid when i used to visit kerala during the summer holidays they used to have this uh, huge hoardings all over you know this play is going to happen in your city in your town you have to be there so i used to feel very excited no one day i'll watch it one day i'll watch it okay because it is supposed to be one of the greatest uh, malayalam horror plays and finally i got to watch it some 5 years ago on youtube hmm. and it was like a i mean pathetic is like too good a word for it that is the level of degradation it has given to that uh, particular class of supernatural entity i mean they have, they are calling the woman a yakshi she is also a uh, a kunchusu you know the one who sucks blood kind of they are blending everything together so see they are they are watching all these foreign films you know they have seen dracula huh. and everybody is making the same thing out of uh, you know chudails yakshis and uh, your uh, dians it's all uh, different versions of dracula to hmm. be honest hmm 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 right local versions chudail i mean bulbul yeah bulbul was like they were sticking to the core concept it was more metaphorical right so uh, now do you think this uh, you know supernatural history inspires a horror writer if at all it does see uh, i was there in trivandrum there is a palace it's a very famous palace now it's a museum hmm. uh, we were shooting for e and uh, one of our locations was in trivandrum so i was free in the evenings and i decided to visit the museum which is right next to the padmanabhapuram uh, temple hmm. and uh, it's an it's a museum and uh, i was getting so many vibes from there because i know you know uh, it's a real palace and kings and queens resided here you know and there were paintings hmm. on the walls and in one of the rooms there were paintings of how criminals were tortured in the medieval times hmm. again it had nothing supernatural okay huh. just a plain painting of a guy locked inside a tiger's cage and stuffs like that Mm-hmm. very eerie kind of gory pictures and then someone in the crowd mentioned that their ghosts used to haunt these cage those cages and the idea immediately inspired me to pen down a horror story okay yeah similarly you have bhangard you have heard about bhangard from almost everyone huh. okay on the internet you have got so many materials there are movies one so of the most popular horror sites one of India. the most popular haunted yeah. yeah and even even if you have not visited the place Hmm. you will still after reading it you will be inspired to write a story about it so okay. I, i in fact i have written a, a fictitious story based on the hauntings of bangar in india's most haunted it is one of the stories hmm. so yeah the supernatural history inspire i mean i think it has inspired every story that i have written okay okay that's hmm. great so uh, khk uh, talking about you know films in various hollywood horror films hmm. like uh, the dead silence to 2007 and the series of the annabelle yeah. films that were quite talked about everywhere around the world and uh, took the world by storm actually they've kept you know inhuman objects like puppets or dolls as creepy elements so do you as a horror writer second this concept why not i mean uh, one of my all time favorite horror characters is chucky the doll okay uh, It, it was long before annabel chucky was i think 1987 and there were like seven or eight chucky movies after that it's called child's play it was a 1987 or 88 movie okay and there are like seven or eight uh, movies after that okay. so there's a doll 
hmm. who be, who is actually who is actually been possessed by a spirit hmm. okay so okay and that yeah. was ripped off in marathi hmm. there was an un- unofficial rip off in marathi called uh, khilona uh, bane khalayak something like that so there was a indian doll called tantia vichu and all those things you can just google it you will find it it's a very I love the re- remake also it's not like it's bad it's very interesting it's an indian version of the classic uh, english film and this indian version is also a classic it's a cult movie now okay okay so yeah. inanimate objects have a life of their own hmm dolls uh, you know toys you've got tables you've got beds there's hmm. a movie about a haunted bed and uh, you know they have a life except that their life is not biological in nature Yes. our life is biological we go by a biological clock we breathe in air our body functions and we go on about but their life is not biological but they exist hmm. they are also made up of matter correct hmm. so that is one thing and we humans have this tendency to question our origins and how we end up from you know how we how did we end up different from animals and these inanimate objects hmm. right hmm. if it's a puppet it might have been carved from a tree right or from a if it's a doll it must have been made from cotton and cotton comes from a tree exactly so it, it it comes from living things oh, that's quite and logical and so when you cut a tree it's logical and in the past this all comes from our uh, ancient scriptures and ancient beliefs they it was believed that when you, when you cut a tree you kill its spirit hmm. so that spirit comes into the things that are made out of that wood of the hmm. tree okay so so all these things so inanimate object has the spirit of the source hmm. so if it's made from a tree it has a spirit of the tree in it and you and i have limited answers today but imagine a thousand years ago anything that glowed in the dark was creepy and scary for those people right 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 yeah. and when hmm. we worship things made out of stone and wood then why not demonize a few and make a good story out of it <laughs> so uh Okay yeah. now if you second this concept uh, do you think puppetry as hmm. a creepy element in a hugely popular book or a movie helps in popularizing this hmm. medieval indian form of entertainment because talking frankly you know uh, we both come from hmm. lands of puppetry like pavakuthu which is a glove puppetry type uh, from kerala and the putul natch which is a rod puppetry in turn hmm. from west bengal to be very precise so uh, do you think this helps in popularizing the puppetry art that was a medieval indian form of entertainment absolutely i mean cinema is a very cinema or uh, you know television is a very powerful medium and these days you have got ott and uh, you know the web series on ott it's a it's a it's a medium through which you can you know popularize these art forms which are like kind of obsolete these days and hmm. as for pavakutu see pavakutu i don't find it eerie for my taste it's it's rather very pleasant hmm. the putulnach i think can be eerie you know if you got eerie looking uh, uh, you know dolls and puppets in yeah, yeah you can that, you know uh, it has got uh, a full story in itself so you uh, represent oh, yeah 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 so you can have different stories and you can have around 6 to 7 dolls up on a stage you hmm. create an entire platform hmm. you create a scenario you create you know landscape and uh, you've got all those guys and all those villages uh, behind the puppets and these puppets are controlled by some rods so it's called rod puppetry basically there's another type of rod puppetry okay. in bihar which is called yampuri hmm. so and this one is from bengal okay. it's called uh, uh, it's called putulnach putulnach uh-huh. and these hmm. uh, you know these dolls 
because they have a particular story to be narrated. So these are basically like those Bengali jatra palas that were uh, earlier held. Ha, 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 so ha. there you used to right. narrate some local uh, folklore or maybe you know some story that is widely popular in that particular area or that particular region. Mm -hmm. And uh, you, uh, right. you give your dolls your life. Like the doll can move its arms and legs, and it's quite flexible. So it goes on around right, like right, right. inanimate objects. You know, representing human beings, and it uh, does what it what you want uh, it to do. So this is what is putul nach. Correct, correct, correct. And and as for your this thing, uh, see, I'm working on something right now which has a puppet. Okay. So I won't reveal uh, any details about it. But when the time comes, you know. Huh. So I already told you there's a haveli. Now I've told you there's a puppet. So hmm. you can kind of uh, guess the geography of the story. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, uh, KHK, have you ever experienced something, you know, paranormal? Like, uh, could you give our audience a brief narration of what exactly occurred, when, how, and where, if you did, so that, you know, horror fans might just hmm. be able to venture there someday? Uh, so when I was a kid, I had some very interesting experiences, okay? And I used to believe that those were experiences when I was little. Hmm. But uh, like one once I was visited by a relative hmm. at night, and uh, I came to know that the person had passed away the very same night, and he had never come to see me. Hmm. So that was like really scary for me because I mean, even if it was my figment of imagination, it was a figment of my imagination for sure. But then. It happened at the precise moment when he had passed away. Hmm. So that those kind of things have happened in my life. And uh, when I was nine, I I visited Taj Mahal. Okay. okay. Hmm. And on my way back home, hmm. uh, I fell asleep in the car. We went there. We boarded a cab, cab and we went to Taj Mahal. And this was, I think, in two thousand. I think two thousand, yeah, or ninety nine or something. Okay. And I kept sleeping and waking after every, you know, 15, 20 minutes. Okay. Hmm. And uh, the thing is, while, you know, doing that, I was finding myself in alternate realities. Okay. It was like a continuous dream. A dream can never be continuous. You know, hmm. when you wake up, the dream should go away. And when you sleep again, you will get a new dream. That's how dreams work. Hmm. That's fact. Right. You never get a continuous dream like you know, like a like our podcast. We paused it at one point and now we have started over from there. Hmm. In dreams, it doesn't happen like that. Once you wake up, you come out of your uh, uh, sleep, you lose the dream and the next dream will be something else. Okay. Hmm. But that particular day after visiting Taj Mahal, while I was going back, hmm. I was, when I was asleep, I'll be in this weird, bright uh, world hmm. and there are very weird looking characters, you know, mostly I think uh, Mughal characters, I don't know what they were exactly, but they were not human. They were like something else, maybe like mummies or something. Okay. And <laughs> mummified Mughals, you can say. Okay. That's how they were. They were all like dead. They were okay, like these zombies. They came out of the around. coffins. They were not coming out. They were they were behaving as if they were walking around as if everything is normal, except that they didn't look normal. They looked dead. Okay, okay. I got it. Like Egyptian okay. mummies. Yeah. That was a very... Yeah, that was a very weird... They were not mummies like uh, wrapped uh, in uh, bandage and all. They were like proper in their attire and all. Hmm. With the talwars and everything, swords and all. But they were zombies. They were dead. Hmm. And they were walking around. 
and the interesting thing is that after every like there will be like 10 minutes i'll see that dream i'll mm. be in that world and then i'll wake up mm. when i'm when i'm <laughs> awake i'm in the car it is night and my parents in the back seat and i'm sitting there and then again i'll fall asleep the dream would continue from ex- from that exact moment where i'd left it okay it was the weirdest dream i ever had at that particular uh, it was an experience it was not a dream it was neither a, it was either a hallucination or i was experiencing something supernatural hmm after visiting taj mahal something has must have i mean if you want to uh, believe in the supernatural then something supernatural must have uh, clung on to me hmm but if you want to go with a rational explanation i must be hallucinating i don't know but this is how it happened okay and so... uh, you know and uh, and after that i had something similar in 2010 but hmm. at that time i was down with a viral illness that threatened my life it could okay. even have been a stroke or something uh, when i was uh, 23 or something i had a very serious illness and uh, a fever touched around 100 102 or something it was more than that hmm. and i was losing uh, my consciousness so that is the only second time when i had a similar experience a continuous dream a weird continuous dream it's like when you're awake you're here you know that hmm. but you can't control what's happening you can't move your body or anything and then you again go into that sleep or dream state and things are happening there and then suddenly you go come back to reality then you go back to that reality i mean it was weird hmm. and I you guess. can't do anything because you cannot control your body right it's not sleep paralysis hmm. it's not lucid dreaming it is something else yeah so usually you know uh, our mind uh, does not reserve the thing that it has seen in a dream even if it has in a dream but yeah but exactly. in your case in your case it is you know like a cinema pausing up and you're just taking a 10 minute exactly. break and then you're again coming back and sitting you're on the cinema you're coming back yeah and, and resuming it from same where same exact spot off. where i left yeah right and those are some weird images i mean i was revisiting the places that i had uh, seen in the daytime hmm. except for there were no tourists hmm there were actual people from that period and they were like dead it was like wo abad tha ha but with dead people right okay so there was a king i don't know which king it was there was a queen there were many other servants there were people the people who you know uh, and the king right ha 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 okay all those people were there even there were peacocks like they were like dead peacocks they were dancing around with okay. the sunken bodies It okay, was a so weird, weird experience. Then, zombies, you can zombies, say. Right. Zombies, right? Yeah. Now we know the term. It's zombies. Uh-huh. That time I didn't know that because yeah, zombie yeah. movies were like. There's a popular not film. Not that popular. World War Z. Yeah. On zombies. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Huh. Zombies. Yes. Yeah. It's an amazing movie. Yeah, it is. So you had this really weird uh, dream over back then, and it's then a weird thing 2010 that happened. Again. Yeah, and yeah, but 2010 it was different. I was ill. Okay, I was. I don't know. It could have been a stroke, like I said. Hmm. But so, back in 1999, I was absolutely normal. Yeah. So you saw that in a you know in a proper state of mind, but that was something not yeah. proper. After I visited Taj Mahal, and a lot of people have uh, spoken about you know experiences, uh, haunting experiences in Taj Mahal. You know? hmm. Now moving on to your writing, uh, do you have a specific hmm. word count you try to hit while writing a book? or do you work for a number of hours that you try to continuously write so you know in the beginning i used to uh 
keep a word count like 50000 words for a novel and 1000 words per day types okay mm. but now like while i'm working on commission projects i get mm. my word limits from my commissioning editor so she will be telling me hurry it's in the contract itself that you know it shouldn't mm. exceed 90000 words right. or 50000 words so mm. now i have that uh, word limit with me so i just stick to deadlines so okay. if uh, if i if i if on if on my contract it says march 31 ko i have to submit my manuscript hmm. so i make sure that uh, i finish my manuscript by feb 28 okay. so i got one month to you know yeah, go back and yeah. come yeah okay. which i already told you right now i'm like on a very tight deadline ha ha you told me that right we yeah. spoke about this earlier so okay correct, uh, correct, correct. kk um, can you tell us something about your upcoming work like if you can okay yeah sure absolutely i can tell you whatever i can at the moment ha uh this is uh, something that i wrote last year okay and it's a work of fiction the mm. one that i'm working on right now is a non fiction uh but uh, the upcoming book is a psychological horror slash thriller hmm. uh centered around a pregnant woman who ends up in a haunted apartment in mumbai okay that's the gist of the story and it deals with many uh, sensitive issues like uh, mental health hmm. uh, domestic violence infidelity sexual curiosity hmm. and then climate change as well so now okay. don't ask me how all these things come into that story because that that is for another podcast when the book comes out right the book is coming out around october right yeah so is this with harper collins yes okay great so uh just one more question uh, from here hmm. like what horror hmm. elements do you think i mean how do you choose the horror elements that you think are best you know suited for the book that you're writing for the plot that you're writing so how do you make up all these elements together i don't i don't decide what all elements i need i just decide what is the core idea of my story and the atmosphere the comes core in core idea itself. of the story yes see uh, every writer has a different way of uh, you know working on their story and their characters so <clears throat> i'm right now if you ask me how i uh, work i'd start with the core idea hmm and then i'll choose a character the protagonist should it be a man should it be a woman should it be someone in between hmm. so that comes after that and then i shape my character how should the character be and coincidentally um and apart uh, other than my first book first and second book all the other stories which i have written including the movie and the web series hmm. the protagonist is a female who is struggling to you know get a grip over her life hmm. so that's the most uh, comfortable character for me i'm comfortable with that kind of a character so then it's about finding a beginning for the story hmm. the end and the middle part hmm. right and once so, that is defined hmm. it's all about just you know uh, filling the gaps mm-hmm. like through visual so even before i correct i am not someone who just goes on writing and writing and writing i need a proper skeleton in front of me before i can start writing so first is the core idea what is my idea hmm. so like i said it's a psychological horror thriller centered around a pregnant woman who ends up in a haunted apartment in mumbai right that's the idea that has been there right from the beginning right. then the character hmm. the main character and then who all you need to get the story going hmm. and then i come up with the beginning and the ending hmm. this is how i'm going to begin the story this is how i'm going to end the story hmm. 
उसके बाद आई सिट डाउन ऑन एंड यू नो मेक अ लिस्ट ऑफ सी दिस इज समथिंग दैट आई डू एज अ स्क्रीन राइटर आई डोंट आई लिस्ट माय सीन्स सो सीन 1 दिस इज गोइंग टू हैपन सीन 2 दिस इज गोइंग टू हैपन सीन 3 दिस इज गोइंग टू हैपन इट्स वेरी ब्रीफ इट्स लाइक वन वन लाइन का डिस्क्रिप्शन ओके बट देन इन वन पेज आई हैव गॉट माय एंटायर स्टोरी सीन बाय सीन and i do the same thing for my books as well so it helps me to keep it organized i don't go kidda uh, tidda i got it so uh, now yeah. you talked about you know organizing uh, the core plot of the you know st- the core plot or the storyline that you're going to follow uh, while writing the book right. and secondly you talked about mm. developing the develop developing the protagonist like with all the characteristics mm. that you can put into him or her So, if I can ask you, which of these is more important while you're writing a fictional novel? Hmm. Uh, should it be, you know, more uh-huh. of character based, or should it be more of, you know, plot based? You know, at the heart of every story is the core concept, huh. the core idea. Hmm. Even if you don't have characters, you'll still have that core idea. But if you're, if you have all the best characters in the world, but you don't have a core idea, you don't have a story. Right. right so the core idea is the is the biggest necessity so once you are sorted with that then you bring the character the main protagonist and once you have the character there hmm. yeah the lead uh, the protagonist and hmm. once you have the protagonist then you see what all characteristics that particular protagonist needs to you know um, move forward in that uh, story hmm. it's not like sab kuch dena Right. you only give what that person needs hmm. rather you don't give that person what the, what he or she needs so that they can eventually attain it by you know at the end of the book or at the end of the story hmm. the plot comes after that okay it's a core idea which is like the most important thing if you don't have a core idea then you are just you know uh, just arranging characters on on a, on a piece of paper or on the film screen hmm. So you're like uh, running cars without tires. It's something like that. Huh. <laughs> so you need to have that uh, fuel for the car to run. Right. So, <laughs> so don't base... have a fuel. Hmm. Then mean, car is useless. Yeah, the base foundations should be, you know, the thing, the basic thing, yeah, the, core. Yeah, the primary thing. Correct. Okay. Right. The idea, you know, it should be bulletproof. You know. Huh. Like it's it's a dialogue from a very famous movie, V for hmm. Vendetta, that the idea should be bulletproof. Okay. And when you have a bulletproof idea at the hmm. core of your story, hmm. then all you need to have are correct characters and the correct plot. Hmm. Right. And the atmosphere sets in itself. Then it's all about that. All is balancing. You know, you can balance it out. But without a core idea, without that base, nothing matters. It's right. like your car without fuel. Even without a tire, you can you know. to do something but without fuel you can you can't uh, run a car huh. no matter how expensive how luxurious it is hmm. you can't run it right now this tesla is bringing this electricity you know electric cars but then electric electricity serves as the fuel but that see that is the fuel correct without huh. electricity it won't, it won't move it's like tesla let's take it back to the paranormal supernatural uh, uh, zone huh. see your body without hmm. your soul or spirit or the energy you are nothing you are a dead body correct right completely useless correct. yeah completely useless all those bones you are not matter. worth a penny yeah won't matter huh. nothing will matter yeah. unless and until you have that 
thing inside you you know mm-hmm. that thing which keeps your heart beating mm-hmm. even if you have a heart it doesn't matter if it's if that energy is in there mm-hmm. yeah right so right. that is the most important part of a story it's that energy that soul exactly so uh well it was you know excellent talking to you uh, on this for for this cosmographia podcast season 2 episode 1 uh before we wrap this up i would just like to ask you another question so do you have any inspiring words that you would like to you know uh, divulge out for horror millennials uh, or people who are interested in writing horror fiction or maybe horror non fiction before we wrap this up well i'd say this uh just this, this one thing that horror is the most powerful emotion that human kind has ever experienced and will ever experience to be honest hmm. there is nothing more powerful than horror happiness sadness all those things are like momentary but horror fear hmm. it's very powerful that was a quote it that can be used quote. to yes it is and in fact it can be used to build as well as destroy you can use fear you can use horror to oh. warn a person you know don't go there go there be mm. careful or this might happen to you and you can even use fear to you know kill a person mm. you suddenly someone you know uh, jumps right in front of you and if you're a heart patient your heart will stop and you'll die right, right. so fear right. is powerful fear mm. is very powerful mm. and the choice is yours how you're going to use it so if you're a horror buff go go about reading horror stuff if you're a horror writer use it correctly don't just use it to write violent content ha huh. use it to do something beyond that like my next novel has something very important it deals with something as sensitive as climate change because that is the uh, thing which i care about the environment hmm. the way we are uh, you know uh, you know proceeding it's hmm. very bad it's plastic everywhere at the bottom of the ocean it's just plastic and plastic and plastic right correct the birds are suffering the animals are suffering half of them are extinct more than half of them are extinct hmm. you would know better and uh, so that is something very close to my heart and i am trying to inject that idea that we have to save our environment through a horror story because horror will create that impact in the mind of the readers the fear i know that that what if we go on doing this yeah yeah all the story is not it's nothing like that it's not like a, a dystopian uh, horror novel or something it's a okay. normal horror haunted house story but yeah. but despite being a normal haunted house story hmm. it deals with this issue like my second book frequent visitor it's a normal haunted mansion story but it deals with something um sensitive like a sati hmm. the sati system that existed right. in india right 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 that's so very- that's how it is hmm. those who who are want to write horror fiction they should not do just for the sake of writing horror stuff or you know violence or you know erotic stuff or anything they should do it with an intent to change the world mm-hmm. and they can do it correct okay so it was fantastic talking yes. to you akesh k thank you so much for you know accepting thank our invite thank you so much and taking yeah. out time out of your really busy schedule and coming up here on cosmographia interview mm-hmm.